Hello, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world and how to make a difference, too. Because it's not just about money at the end of the day. It's about impacting the communities that we're living in and working in and traveling to and through. So Nicole is a, a digital nomad who's been working her way around the world, everything from teaching English in Korea to living in Oman for the last four years. Uh, she's covered a whole bunch of countries on her blog. Uh, make sure you check out her blog too. It's uh, uh, it's called I Love to Globe Trot with the number two. So I Love to Globe Globe Trot with the number two, um, and we'll have a link there below uh, for you to click uh, to make it easier for you. Um, so uh, on this interview, we'll be asking Nicole about uh, her her travel journeys, about how she makes money as a digital nomad, as an English teacher, about a book she released all about teaching English uh, overseas, and uh, uh, whatever else comes up. So Nicole, uh, first of all, uh, tell us a little bit about your backstory and what made you so passionate about travel. Thanks, Ricky. Um, you know, it's funny, I've, I've always enjoyed or been intrigued by travel. Um, you know, I probably, I want to say I was like nine or 10 when I took my first like airplane ride by myself, like to go over to the West Coast to visit my sister. So I always loved travel. Um, but I really got into like the the expat life and li living abroad and, and traveling abroad once I, um, back in around the end of 2008, early 2009, I uh, actually was laid off from my market research job. And so I went several months, you know, in the rat race trying to find a job and I got really frustrated with it. And honestly, like I saw a posting on like one of the a recruiter recruiting agency site for teaching abroad. And I was intrigued because I had already thought, um, to, to visit a couple of girlfriends that were teaching in Japan a couple of years prior. So I said to myself, I can see myself living abroad teaching English. Why not? So I applied for a job and then I ended up going to South Korea for, which I thought was going to be a year. Here it is eight years later, I'm still living abroad. So that's pretty much how I got into it, honestly. <laughs> awesome. And uh, you are currently in Oman of all places. It's not your number one destination for teaching English. Usually people go to Japan, Korea, China, Taiwan. Uh, some people go to the Middle East. Like, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, Saudi Arabia is a big hotspot. Uh, uh, Oman, I think you're the first person ever who I've met who's teaching English there. So tell us a little bit about what brought you to Oman of all places. Yeah, it's so funny you say that because, like, like I said, when I started off teaching English abroad, I was in Busan. I was in South Korea for like three and a half years. And honestly, like Korea was awesome. Like I had a great time. I met, and that's where I met my business partner Renee. Like we both were teaching English in South Korea when we started out at the shop. But after, like, I was like in my third year, I kind of got a little bored with being in Korea. Like I just wanted something different, a, a change of pace. And so when I started looking for opportunities, like, yeah, I, I'll admit I didn't even know where Oman was initially when I first saw the job post. I was like, hmm, that sounds like a cool country. So. I research and I was like oh it's in the Middle East you know honestly the money was good it's not as good as I like, teach in Saudi Arabia because well you know it's <laughs> that's Saudi so but I I was intrigued with the location like being on the border of, like the UAE being able to travel to Dubai when I actually have to live in the UAE so yeah I wanted something different and it really doesn't get much more different than the Middle East um <laughs> after being in um in Asia you know in, in Southeast Asia for you know over three years so yeah, I literally just saw a job posting and went for it. And I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity um, come to fruition when I applied. Uh, so tell us about living in Oman. I mean, uh, I think uh, it is a dream of a lot of us to visit the Middle East. I mean, I've been uh, to a few countries as a traveler, 
I went overland from Turkey into Egypt. I visited Dubai just on this current trip we're doing, and I love uh, the Middle East. I love the people, the culture, the food, uh, the weather, uh, really literally everything about that area. So tell us about uh, uh, some of uh, the good things and also some of the struggles. Tell us about the reality of the good and the bad of living in the Middle East, uh, Middle East and especially in Oman. Yeah, you know, I, I like I was saying before, I've been here for about four years now. Um, it definitely was a bit of a culture shock, like when I first got off the plane, you know, from so like I literally left from South Korea and came directly here. And once I got off the plane, I was like, oh, the desert. Like, I'm a city girl. I'm from Detroit, Michigan. I had never actually like experienced desert lighting back in the States. I've never been to Arizona. So it, it was a bit of a, a shock initially when I got off the plane. Um, but honestly, in here, like Omanis are are some of the sweetest people in the world, and and that's no that that's that that's saying a lot because I was in South Korea, and South Koreans are very nice as well. So I was pretty fortunate to go from one climate to another with really humble and like you know being in the Middle East, I feel like Omanis are some of the like most humble and and relatable people in this region. You know, it's like they they're there's not like a lot of oil money here. They do okay, like His Majesty. He he. He, he's like, he just, he's done so much for this country. So people love, you know, their pride of being Omani is really great, but they also embrace and, and they enjoy expats coming here, like myself being an English teacher. So, you know, Omani has been, it's been a great experience. I've enjoyed it because like my students are sweethearts and my coworkers, like everyone that I come across is just really like nice and genuine people. Like you don't have like, no, they don't treat me any any type of way being an American, like, um, in a bad way, I should say. So, you know, Omani food is pretty good. It's like, it's funny because when I, when I say that, like, the, the, there's not a lot of traditional Omani dishes. Like, I feel like they borrow from a lot of different cultures when it comes to food. Like, I mean, I, Turkish food and Indian food is very popular here because there are a lot of expats from um, those different regions. But Omani sweets, I know they have traditional sweets. That are really good that I enjoy eating, and um, yeah, it's just a beautiful country. Like mountainous. I mean, people you can go hiking and beautiful beaches. Like, there's a lot to do there. A lot to see. Awesome. Uh, so, tell us about uh, teaching itself. I mean, uh, I actually just spent one year teaching in Japan, and I loved it. Uh, you know, uh, at one point I wanted to teach my way around the world, kind of like what you're doing. Uh, I taught English in Japan, and I taught a little bit in a in other parts of Asia. I was uh, teaching in uh, Australia, and then I even taught ESL uh, back in Vancouver, BC, Canada, where I'm from. So I, I did a little bit of teaching my way around the world. I never uh, taught in the Middle East, but I or or Latin America, which I know are other two other major uh, teaching ESL hotspots. Uh, usually it's Asia, the Middle East, and South America, and parts of Africa. Uh, so uh, tell us about the teaching itself. I mean, uh, uh, tell us the process of uh, uh, how did you apply for the job, uh, what was included, uh, and then uh, how it's been like since you got there uh, four years ago. Definitely. Well, you know, there's so many different agencies out there for looking for opportunities, and you definitely have to be careful. And that's one of the things that I, I covered extensively in, in my book. That, um, since teaching abroad, like almost a decade, I decided to, to self-publish a book called um, A Guide to Land in an English Teaching Job Abroad. And, and that was one of the things I really wanted to cover, is just like researching opportunities. I, I have an extensive list of like recruiting, recruiting agencies to go through and certification programs and pretty much all of those type of questions that people may have, I try to answer because I get so many, I get bombarded with questions, you know, in my inbox all the time. I'm like, let me write a book about it. So that was something that I did. And, um, you know, 
I was fortunate because like I said, I, I was in South Korea for over three and a half years. And I used to work for the EPIC program, their English program in Korea, which was, you know, um, a government program. And I feel like that experience really prepared me to come and teach here. And it was probably a, a good reason why I got the opportunity here because I, I stuck with, that was one of the things I recommend in the book, it's like sticking with one agency around from year to year like I know one of my recruiters had mentioned to me like oh I like that you had consistency that you stayed in this location for a few years and I know in the Middle East you know that's what they want like they really they really like when families like a husband and wife apply for opportunities here because you know if you're going to be here for a few years and you start raising a family you, you know you're more stable so I was fortunate because I am single you know <laughs> they're, you know they're, I'm sure they're like oh are you going to stay here for a year and then go somewhere else but they really want people that are strong and that can you know, it's not the easiest environment to live in. So when I see that you are consistent with your experience, they really, I know agencies at home, I love to see that. So that was one of the fortunate things that I had under my belt. And also, you know, I'm an ESL teacher as well. So I had received a TEFL certificate once I was in Korea because I didn't have experience teaching before coming abroad. So I actually teaching while I was abroad. And so that definitely helps for this region because it's very competitive. And now, you know, mine is getting put on a map. Like, I feel like, you know, over the past, like, three or four years of being here, like, I've seen different articles. It's getting featured in Forbes and Lonely Planet. And so people are becoming more aware of it. Like, before, I don't know, like, like most people didn't know where mine was located. Everybody knew about Dubai. They knew Saudi. They're like, oh, who's this little brother, you know, <laughs> of the UAE? So it's becoming more, you know, intriguing. So obviously, more people are going to be applying for opportunities. So that's, like, my big piece of advice is, if you are new to teaching abroad, like I wouldn't just be like, oh yeah, you can get a job in Oman after only six months of teaching. Like it's not very realistic. They want to see that you can you've been settled in another location and you try to come to the Middle East next. So that's my big piece of advice. Hmm. Awesome. Uh, so tell us about uh, the teaching itself. Are you teaching kids or uh, teenagers or adults or all of the above? Uh, how how is a typical day as a teacher? Uh, how's a typical week as a teacher? If you want to break it down a little bit in terms of how is life as a teacher in your school? Yes, definitely. Well, it's, I, I would say on, like I'm typically teaching about 20 hours a week in total, which is pretty nice. Like I I, I'm at, I, I work at a college, a small um, college in a town called Nizwa, about an hour, hour and a half outside of Muscat. And so um, college level students, 18 to 21 typically is not the age range of my students. So I, let's say I have two main classes that I teach for a semester for a term. And so like one class, first level English um, class, and we focus on grammar and, and, and structure. And in another class, it may be just like a totally writing class. So it just really depends on your schedule um, and how my, your HOD decides your schedule. So, you know, I'm teaching college level students, um, basic grammar skills, writing, research processes, things like that. And so it's interesting because like teaching here in the Middle East, especially in Oman in particular, um, on the college level, the students are, the classes are integrated. They're, they're both male and female teachers, which is, is unique to Oman because like in Saudi Arabia, like the college on a university level, all throughout school, it's like, you know, boys college, girls college. But in Oman, they try to integrate the classes to prepare students for working in the real world. So um, it's intriguing because all throughout their school age years, there's always been boys classes and girls classes. So 
when they come to me, like this is their first experience really like being in a classroom together. And you know, culture wise, like, you, you know, they don't mingle outside of their family with the opposite sex. So literally if you walk into my classroom, you will see all the, the gentlemen on one side of the classroom sitting in like a row and all of the ladies on the other side of the classroom sitting in a row. So that, that, that really took some getting used to when I first walked in, I was like, what's different i've never experienced this before so um you know but i, I think it, i think it's really cool because you know they are learning to like feel comfortable like they have to do presentations at the end of the semester about you know topics related to their major business communication and so i i, I will have some girls but i teach i don't want to you know do a presentation in front of the boys but i'm like i can't kick the boys out of the classroom so you can feel comfortable standing in front of the classroom so you know that's i'm, I'm preparing them to, to have that confidence with students, which is one of the things I really, I really love about being in this region, in particular in Oman, so, yeah. Uh, thanks for sharing about, uh, you know, uh, the logistics there. Uh, tell us about uh, how it is uh, to be a woman in the Middle East working and living, because uh, there's a stereotype, I think we all know that stereotype uh, through the media. Uh, tell us the reality um, as opposed to that uh, incorrect stereotype. Exactly. There is definitely a stereotype about being a woman in the Middle East, um, especially being a single woman. I feel like, you know, if you're in a relationship and you have a husband, you know, you have that partner there to be with you when you go shopping and just being out and about. But like as a single woman um, living here, I don't have any problems living where I am. As long as you are respectful of the culture, like you know, right now I'm on a call with you and I have like on t shirt you know, a t shirt with, with my arms out. If I go grocery shopping, I'll I can still wear this t shirt, but then I'll just probably put on like a little lightweight sweater just to cover my arms out of respect for the culture. Um, you know, there are like some shopping malls, like they don't have a sign up like, you know, have appropriate attire on and if you walk in and you have on a short skirt, they won't let you in. <laughs> you know, like they're pretty strict in Oman in particular in a small town like where I live. You know, if you go to Dubai, it's a different story. You can go to the mall and, you know, it, it's Dubai. <laughs> it's, it's a little more lax. You can wear whatever you want. Yeah, almost anything. Almost anything. But, you know, I live in a more conservative town in Israel. So, you know, I, as long as you are respectful of the culture, you will be respected. And that, that's my motto. I was like, I respect them. They respect me. Like, um, yeah, it, it's like I don't. I could drive. I don't. I don't drive, honestly speaking. <laughs> but if I wanted to drive, I could drive in this region. Like I can get a license. Like you know, I know that's not the case in Saudi, but I can do that here. So it's like I, I do have a lot of liberties when it comes to those things. And Omanis, like in particular, are very respectful of expats. Um, you know, as as an American expat, I'll say. So, you know, I I I do feel like there there is a lot of stigma. Like, oh, how do you do it? I'm like. I have a blast here. Like I'm always keeping myself busy and, and meeting people and, and doing things. But it's just a matter of respect from both both ways as a woman. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad you're, um, uh, you're correcting that negative stereotype. It's so sad because I've been uh, around the Middle East. I've been to Syria, Jordan, uh, Israel, Lebanon, Egypt, and you know, really some of the most friendliest hospitable mm -hmm. people on this planet. And uh, I really uh, despise the media who tell you otherwise. Uh, uh, so I'm glad I'm glad that people like yourself and uh, others who are who are uh, rewriting the script that the, the the you know American media or the international media tell you. Exactly, and that's one of the things I was saying. Like being here in Oman at this particular point in time, especially as a travel blogger, like a freelance mm -hmm. writer, you know, I've been featured in different publications. But like now, it's been the, the perfect time to be here as a as an expat as a nomad 
because I am, I do feel like I'm going to break down the stereotypes. Awesome feeling and a blessing to be able to be here at this time where there is a lot of like, you know, impact of how the media is portraying it. So it's like, yeah, I'm an insider. I really can can relate my experience and, and communicate that to people. So yeah, pretty fortunate. So uh, Nicole, uh, tell us about uh, where does the future hold? Uh, what does the future hold? I mean, bring out your little crystal ball. Uh, are you going to be uh, staying in the Middle East for the next few years? Or are you going to make your way over to somewhere in Central or South America to teach English or maybe somewhere else in the world? So uh, what is your crystal ball telling you now, Nicole? That's a very good question. That's the million dollar question that I've been getting a lot lately. Like, like I've been here four years now, and typically, like, like I had that itch between the three or four year mark in South Korea, so I'm quite impressed that I'm still here. Honestly speaking, like, I've been telling myself, like, oh, maybe you'll do one more year. Like, my current, um, my teaching contract that I have is a three year contract that I signed last year. So I just finished up a year, and I'm getting ready to go on summer vacation, and I technically have two more years left in the contract. So. I mean, it would have to be like a really amazing opportunity come, to come up for me to like break my contract because I am relatively happy here in Oman. And, you know, it's a peaceful country. Omanis are very sweet. And as a travel blogger, as a freelance writer, like being in the Middle East, it's an awesome location for like globetrotting and getting to other countries. So it would really have to be like an amazing opportunity for me to leave in the next two years. I'll say I'll try to finish out my contract and then we'll see where time takes me. Like one of my, my ultimate goals, I, I'm looking at my vision board right now. One of the places that I love is like Hong Kong and Singapore. So like, ideally, you know, that will be my next second like, going back to that region. Um, will be where I can see myself ending up next. But we'll see. Time will tell. <laughs> awesome. I, I, I'm glad you're enjoying it. And I, I look forward to seeing the road ahead. Uh, tell us about the travel blog itself. I mean, you started this amazing travel blog, this amu amazing uh, social media, Facebook community. Uh, tell us a little bit about the etymology of what made you start up the travel blog and the travel group, et cetera. Okay, definitely. Um, well, I love the glow chart. That It came to fruition. It's been about five years, so I'm just at our five-year anniversary, I want to say, last month. And so me and my business partner, Renee, we were both teaching in South Korea. And it was like, actually, I want to say it was the year before I decided to leave Korea and come to this region. And she actually, she's now based in Australia. But we decided to start the site because um, we both were like, it wasn't just the website. We wanted to start the Facebook group as well. We wanted to create our own community as like two, two African-American women, expats living abroad. And so it was like we wanted to inspire other people to travel and see the world, but also to live abroad as well. So that's one of my, my missions um, with the site and the Facebook group. Like we have over 7,000 members, almost 8,000 members. I'm pretty proud of that because it hasn't been an easy journey. But um, yeah, I love to go try. It was the brainchild of both my business partner and myself because we wanted to just start our own community, inspire people. But also, it wasn't just like a blog. We always had it. The goal was for it to be turned into like an encompassing business, have, you know, do trips and do meetups, which we're getting ready to meet up in, in Iceland in a couple weeks with members of our travel community. So it was like, you know, not just blogging about our experience, but really bringing those people along for the journey together, um, different experiences. And right now, the site, you know, it's technically a blog, but it's also in the process of transitioning, we're building a travel app as well. So like, I'm hoping by the fall, inshallah, <laughs> it'll be ready to launch. So, you know, the, the site is in transition right now. It's gonna have an app component, but also the blog component and people will be able to contribute. And, you know, I don't wanna go too much into detail about what the app will do, but, you know, we, we do have the, we did have the idea of like having it be a travel encompassing brand with a community aspect. And so, um, yeah, that's how it came about, it was just, 
we wanted to have our own community and that's why we put up like we're doing it so <laughs> here we are awesome uh, uh so you already created the facebook group and uh, you created the app which is amazing by the way looking forward to uh maybe you bring you back and talking about that app uh, when you launch it uh tell us about uh, some of the press trips and travels you've done i mean you you will only be talking mainly about oman but i'd love to hear about some of the press trips about the travels about where you've been and some of your favorite places so far oh definitely well um you know it's, it's funny because like Honestly speaking, like I haven't been like on a formal like press trip when it comes to like having a tourism board just bring me out with the flights and everything included. Like I usually do my own type of like I pitch to hotels and to restaurants and kind of make my create my own trip. You know, I obviously being here in Oman, like I've reached out to resorts here in the UAE when I go to Dubai. But I've been pretty fortunate to have like opportunity. I, I sit at a, like a Ritz Carlton in Bahrain and they set up like everything for me, the, the um, meals and transport and, you know, around the, the, the region. And, um, and also one of my amazing opportunities um, about a year ago, for winter break, I went to the Seychelles. And like being here in the Middle East, like, you know, that's been one of my dreams is like to see more of like, you know, Africa and I've been in Egypt and different places. But that was just such a beautiful country and I, my, my hotel was, was complimentary because i pitched them and so you know trying to go to more obscure locations that don't get the the most press yeah. and coverage yeah obviously brought about different opportunities so yeah when it comes to pitching and, and having opportunities come about as a travel blogger so yeah i typically just go for it and you know create my media kit and, and pitch away and that's what i'm saying Awesome. So, you know, you made your travel dreams come true by uh, living in Asia, the Middle East, traveling around the world. Uh, a lot of our listeners and viewers, uh, they haven't even left uh, North America. They haven't even left the U.S. They don't even have a passport for crying out loud. Uh, so tell us a little bit about uh, what advice or tips would you uh, give to them besides obviously going to the passport office and getting that passport done? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that's kind of the first first step. I mean, I, I have friends and family as well. I'm like trying to get them to come out and, and visit me and you know, I know it's not the easiest venture, just like for a lot of people to get over that fear. So that's why I feel like it's so important to, to do interviews like this and to like put a face, you know, just like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a girl that from Detroit, you like a lot of people that I, I knew that grew up with in Michigan, I left the States and, and like, you know, they're probably like, oh, they're all showing me off and sharing my blink, my blogs and my links and stuff. And it just makes me proud because like, I'm, I'm not the, the, the typical, the average person who um, do these things for, you know, back in the state. So I definitely feel it's important, you know, having social media, being on Facebook and Instagram and, and have a, a travel community like I love the Globe Trot, like it really inspires people. You know, I'm trying, especially trying to get by more teams and people that, you know, aren't just to like be inspired by other people's stories. So that's why I do like the GTA the month interviews on, on the site so that they can see different faces. And, you know, it's just like when you see other people doing it, I, I, I hope that it builds up the confidence that you, you will be willing to do it as well. So that's why like these type of interviews and platforms are so important because we are like global ambassadors. So I, I feel, you know, pretty confident I'm inspiring other people to like get out there and, and see the world but you know the first step i would say is yeah use social media join groups like all of the blue tribe and you know americans live in abroad traveling abroad. there's so many different communities out there and where you can get your questions answered like before i decided to teach abroad before i went to south korea that was one of the things that i did i would 
try to find groups and so I can message other people and, and ask questions. And that gave me the confidence, like, oh, you know, I, I know where I can go and, and get my hair done. I know where I can go and, you know, find American products that I may not, you know, find <laughs> in certain places because people were very helpful. And, you know, I, I just feel like trying to get over that, that first level of fear is the biggest thing. And then once people get over that, they're like, oh, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can, you know, backpack South America for a month, you know. So so-and-so did it. I saw you know, this person doing it and they're, they're still kicking, you know? <laughs> so I think that's the biggest thing is just trying to reach out and to, to networks and communities so research. Huh. Yeah, Nicole, you're living proof that your travel dreams come true. You know, I'm currently traveling around the world with my wife and kids, and uh, there's so many ways to make income online, everything from coaching to masterminding to affiliate marketing uh, to doing things like teaching English abroad, uh, teaching English through things like Skype or Google Hangout uh, virtually. Um, literally, the, the list is endless, and part of the reason we do these interviews is to show you the variety and the diversity of stories of people who are living abroad as expats, so traveling abroad as digital nomads. So highly re recommend uh, subscribing to, to us on iTunes if you want to listen to more of these uh, interviews. Uh, follow the YouTube uh, channel as well if you want to watch uh, these uh, interviews. And uh, make sure you follow us uh, on uh, social media. So Nicole, uh, if people wanted to connect with you, uh, join your Facebook group, uh, group uh, maybe uh, purchase a copy of their own How to Teach English Abroad, uh, how can they do those things? Well, definitely. Um, like like I was saying before, people have questions, they can definitely feel free to reach out to me. We have the, the Facebook fan page and the group for I Love the Globetrot and Obscure because it's I and it's L-U-V, you know, um, um, and then the number two in Globetrot. So if they do a search on social media, you can find us on Instagram or Twitter, the group, and as well as if they want to email me, they can email both me and Renee at info at I Love the Globetrot.coms and the book, A Guide to Landing an English Teaching Job Abroad, is currently available on Amazon. Um, I did do a blog post, so if you do go to the website and, and search for that title, you can find the post there as well. But the, um, the title is available on Amazon. And yeah, definitely, I'm definitely accessible on social media. Just feel free to, to tweet me, inbox me. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, live from over there in Oman in the Middle East. Uh, uh, I look forward to connecting again when the travel app gets released and uh, to follow you on your journeys around the world. Cool. Thanks so much, Ricky. Thanks for having, having me. It's been a blast. It's evening time here, a little after 7 p.m., so trying to go rest up a bit before my last week of teaching. Well, not teaching, my last week at the college before I start my travels abroad, so I'm pretty excited to come down today. <laughs> 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 Sounds good. Uh, so everyone, uh, you know, thanks again uh, for your time, for your ears, for your eyes, if you're watching on YouTube or listening on iTunes. And we'll catch you in the next episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world.